happy Sarah Stern. So it couldn't be that, could it? Coming up, the eerie last images of Sarah just before she disappeared. Could you tell what her demeanor was? Did she seem frightened or anything like that? When Dateline continues. Just hours after Sarah Stern's car was found abandoned on the Route 35 bridge, the rising sun revealed dozens of first responders searching for her, many braving the frigid waters of the Shark River. We had called the state police, we had the sheriff's department there, we had divers enter the water, a vessel with side sonar, plus an aviation unit from the state police. We got called out at around 5 a.m. that morning to do a search for someone who they believed uh, went off the uh, bridge. We had no idea who it was. The general conception was that someone had jumped. Fran Hines is an EMS and rescue director. We were in it a couple of hours, and uh, somebody walked up to me. They said, you know who we're looking for, right? And I go, no, who are we looking for? And, he, and they said, Sarah Stern, which uh, just, just put a lump in my throat. Understandable, that, because... Sarah lived two houses away from her, her whole family. Her father, Michael, was a good friend of mine. And then all I could think about was, you know, how's he going to feel now? Well, the water search was underway. Cops in town were talking to anyone who might know anything. Is that basically what Sarah's following around? They encountered a few of Sarah's friends, Preston, Sean, and Liam, clustered on a porch. We just want to make sure she's okay. Body cams picked up their questions. Did Sarah just take off? Were her pals covering for her? Nobody's going to get in any trouble here. Trust me. We just got to make sure that Sarah's all right. And if you've got any other information, you got to throw it out at us so we can go a little further, you know? Sarah's friend, Liam, confirmed for police what Robin and Carly Draper had said, that Sarah had left a bin of her things at the Draper house. And then he said he and Sarah went to lunch together. Meanwhile, back at the inlet, the search of the frigid Shark River was turning up nothing. As the winter sun set, it became too cold and dangerous to continue operations, and the search was called off for the day. I didn't want to go home, you know. I didn't want to drive past Mike's house and not have some kind of closure for him. But Mike and Christine were still making their way home from Florida. We left on 3.30 in the morning. We got home at 7 Saturday night. Christine and Mike arrived to a packed house. We just all started putting ideas and things that could have happened. How was he doing at that point? Um, I think he was in shock. Yeah. Mike headed for the bridge. What did you first find here? We didn't know. Yeah. All unknown. By the time we were back, the uh, dive crews and the, everybody had already left. So it was night. We can't yeah. do much at night. By the next morning, the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office was running the missing persons investigation. Brian Weisbrot was the lead detective. We had spoken with neighbors, friends of Sarah's, family members, family friends. There's a house across the street from Sarah's house that had a video surveillance camera uh, facing Sarah's home. Did you see anything on those videos? We did. Uh, we were able to see her uh, her vehicle 